Welcome to the doghouse. We are in the NTN Forensic Investigation Mobile Lab, and we are out looking to try and figure out what has happened with Phil. We have lost Phil. Phil has gotten lost. He does this every now and then. He just kind of goes out. He wanders away. He gets lost. in where he is. But there's always a possibility with Phil that it's somebody who's actually wanting to take him out. Because and that's he's, so I know exactly where he is. He's floating face down in the Shenandoah River. <laughs> well, he'll, as he flows into the ocean, somebody will find his body. Is that what it is? What's left of it after the fishes have been nibbling? <laughs> but eventually, you know, bones think, uh, and other debris. We don't have any big enough fish in the Shenandoah River. They'd be able know, to feast on Phil for a long time. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, yeah. Boy, there'd be some well-fed fish. That's all I can say. But we don't know. So you Okay, so you know. That's where it is. So w- Phil is f- floating face down in the Shenandoah River. Well, so why, why I did don't I, know why? that as a fact. Just okay. I want to well, make sure for that. our the police said, officers listening in the audience, yes. I'm speculating. That is pure uh, speculation. Just because I pushed him off of that footbridge does not actually mean that he Just because Ken told me that he pushed somebody off of a footbridge, <laughs> I don't know that to be Too Phil. Late. Too late. Too late. I already said that. so. And I'm the one that you know. I'm the one that instituted the NTN Studios forensic mobile forensic lab. Search for Phil. If you knew he was floating, that face sounds like a good alibi being set up there. <laughs> All right, touche, Lauren. Okay, touche. All right. But you know what? There's got to be a reward for Phil. There's got to be. Oh yeah. If, if we I, went, I think, if we ever I took the time for, to go yeah. to the post office. And flip yeah. through all those wanted posters. There is a reward for him somewhere. Oh, good point. Good point. I hadn't even thought about that. It's just take. It's just a matter of time going through the most wanted. He's not going to be the most wanted top ten. He's never been the top ten of anything. <laughs> but maybe the top, you know, thousand. He might I be in the wrong. top thousand. I think you're wrong. I think Phil was probably the, in the top ten Coke Zero purchasing. Oh, versus, right. He's got to be hundred percent correct on that. Yeah, he, he's got to be he in the top in the 10 top. for that. And he, I bet may, you. and he may also be in the top 10 of um, five guys patrons. He may be that Could too, be. but for yeah. sure the Coke Zero. I bet if we went to the Coca-Cola Museum in Atlanta, there's a special monument to fill somewhere next to the men's room within the Coca-Cola Museum. Yeah, I would like to... Th- I would like to say that I think he's probably in the top 10 two of cam model tippers, but you know, I don't know if no. he tips well. No, you know, for a fact, he doesn't give money to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know that he might, you know, for his own jollies, he would be, might be willing to do that. Yeah, I'm the, I'll take your word for it. Cause I am not going to try to validate that statement. <laughs> I don't know. We hear the dings a lot coming from his computer. <laughs> so I don't know. I got to think he's up there somewhere. Anyway, and he's probably in the top 10. He's probably he's probably in the top 10 of children's father admits to. I would think. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, I think it's OK. Probably. Yeah. He probably is on that one. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a good chance. Anyway. So anyway, so we don't have Phil today, so it's going to be kind of a very relaxed show today. Right. <laughs> there will be very little yelling. Okay. Unless we talk about your And there'll be position. very little of tell of, of mentioning different racers whose careers are over, right? And things <laughs> like that. So it's gonna be it's kind of peaceful. So you might actually fall asleep listening to the show today. Phil keeps you awake because you know if you nod off, it's scary when he comes in, right? So 
Anyway. Okay. So uh, it was not a really busy race weekend this no. weekend at all. MotoGP um, was it. Yeah, it was. That was it. I mean, there's nothing else. I mean, things are going to pick up. We got World Superbike coming up this weekend. I don't know when the next MotoGP race is in two weeks, I think. I think so. I, I believe it's in two weeks. Um, but, but, yeah, World Superbike's been gone for three months, so they finally come back. Um, they, you know, they only have like 14 stops in World Superbike. Yeah. And it seems like they need to take a rest all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a, I don't I don't quite know what World Superbike's problem is. And Phil and I are going to Moto America this weekend, so we'll see that those oh, races. Okay, so that's cool. Hope you have nice decent weather. Weekend. Hope you have decent weather. It's supposed to be ninety on Saturday, so really, of course, the first hot day of the year <laughs> yeah, right. is when we're going to be out in the sun all day long. Well, that's a good thing. Phil casts a large shadow, so you'll be good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so Moto. Okay. So Moto Two, Moto Two, yeah, Moto Two. The Americans um, did okay. The Americans did actually quite better than okay, I think. Right? It's kind of disappointing the way it ended. I mean, there was a um, there was some time in there where I fooled myself into believing that Cambubia could actually potentially win a race. Yeah, he was fast. Well, I, not this one. He he, he, he was fast. He, he was fast for a I while. Thought he was going to get on the podium. Well, he I had to come back from fast. so far. I, yeah. He just, he just, if he, if he could just get a decent start, he could probably guarantee himself a podium. Oh, I, he's, I, he's I, running I th- that well. I think so. But he was the, he was um, matching from early on in the race. He was matching the pace of the leaders and yeah, he clawed, he clawed him back in place. <laughs> yeah, I understand. He, he put himself at a disadvantage. I understand that. But I mean, um, you know, Roberts did pretty good as well. I mean, Roberts was, yeah. he, I, I mean, he started finished seventh. Yeah, he finished seventh. Started like eighteenth or something like that, right? Uh, for point for per, in the pool for qualifying points, he would have been a good pick. Yeah, he would have been a good pick. Um, Boubier would have been a good pick. It, it was disappointing at the end. I really thought he was. I, I'm not, you know, him when he got passed by Chanter. We should actually mention he for he 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 came close to to getting Aaron Kinnett a few times, and then it didn't. It didn't work. I just think he ended up with his tires just couldn't. That last two laps, he just he, he wasn't on the pace of the everyone everyone else up there. No, and I he, think it's because he just burned the tires up. Yeah, I think he did too. And you know what must Pedro Acosta's team be thinking? I mean, obviously, you know Fernandez won, so you the one of the KTM bikes at least won. But the two of them were so far ahead of everybody; they were like out of sight. And I think Fernandez ended up like eight seconds ahead. I think at the end. He was like eight uh, seconds ahead. Yep. Pretty yeah. close to it. Yeah. Close to eight seconds ahead. And I actually think he like relaxed the last couple laps. Like, don't fall down. Don't fall well, down. He, no, he ended up four seconds, but I think he did have yeah. like seven or eight at one point. Yeah. He was. Yeah. I think he just sort of, sort of coasted in at the end to keep from wrecking. But I'm telling you, Pedro Acosta, the kid had that race. I mean, and that's the worst thing is he had the race. Fernandez wasn't able to catch up with him. And then he goes and he, he actually dumps the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was after after I think like seventeen laps or so. Yeah, there seemed to be a lot of people spilling in that same corner in both Moto Two and Moto GP. I was kind of wondering about that. What it is about Le Mans has not been known as it. It's it's known as a track that has some challenges in it, but one of them isn't that you see all those wrecks like that. And both in Moto Two and Moto GP, there was a tremendous amount of wrecks, and a lot of more in that same corner. A lot were in that same corner, but it wasn't just that corner. There was just no. was a lot. No. 
A lot of people were running off into the gravel. Some people saved it. Some people <laughs> at did. 200, at 200 oh, miles yeah. per hour. Yeah. So it was really, there were some nasty, nasty looking wrecks. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's like, it was a heartbreaker for Pedro Acosta because I, I think everybody had very high expectations of him coming into this season and it hasn't gone so well, but I want to wonder, you know, did KTM basically say, okay, let's put the bike back the way it was last season because the, the both KTMs were so fast Yeah. on and Sunday. I can't yeah. figure that. I can't figure out how that, you know, why. Not, it was so yeah. It was just, they haven't been now they are. It's just, I think it's, and I picked Fernandez. That's a, the, that was a good pool. pick. Well, it was a good pick and and it would have you know it was a good pick and I was not picking either KTM because KTM has been very mediocre this season in Moto2. The only reason I picked him was cuz they their free practices were, were so good. Yeah. That's it. I yeah, mean, well, I didn't, Acosta did. Acosta was the fastest one in a couple of the free practice sessions. And for I just the second I kept one. thinking <laughs> I kept thinking yeah I had to I had to like dust him off. Right? Don't pick Acosta cuz he's been wrecking pretty much every race. Don't pick him. And and then Fernandez is like, well, when I've picked Fernandez, it's not worked out very well for me. So I went with the guy who's been doing pretty good and he wrecks. So I mean, you can't win, right? You can't win. <laughs> hey, welcome to my world. Yeah, I know, really. I mean, both my Moto 2 and my Moto GP rider wrecked this weekend. Yeah. So I got I got a 0. 0.0 this weekend. Yeah. So another I think my first ever. First ever. Well, yeah. I got you probably by about eight or nine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> the, well, you know, the thing about it is, is that you have a knack for that, Warren. I think, you know, I think there ought to be a points award for actually getting a zero there. I mean, both when both riders wreck. A bonus, yeah. Yeah, yeah there bonus. should be some sort of a bonus. Phil, if you're out there floating around somewhere in the Shenandoah River and you got your headphones on and you're listening to this recording as you float down the river. Consider giving kind of like a lucky dog thing. If you get two zeros, which is really hard, it's that that's not easy to do because you can no. pick the guy that comes in last place. Ken, it's the, a lot easier than you think. <laughs> no, I was speaking Lauren, from experience. Lauren, it's Lauren, a lot easier than you it's, think. It's easy if you're not trying to do it. Okay. <laughs> if you're, if when you, when you try to do something like this, it's amazingly difficult. You would be surprised. In fact, maybe that's the philosophy you ought to take on. I'm going to try and score zero points in both races, and you might end up zero point zero. Well, I just I've had two bad weekends in a row, so I'm ready for World Superbike. That's all I can say because I know in World Superbike you only got three choices. I, I only got three choices, <laughs> so I can't go too I can't go too wrong. But anyway, so the, the, I had to say the disappointment of the uh, of the race in in the, the season so far after his great start, Vietti. He yeah, finished eighth yes. in the race, yeah. and you know I don't have the uh, standings in front of me, but I mean he's still probably in the top three because of his great start. I mean he's still he's he's still leading, but only by a few points now. Yeah, he's been riding that wave from the first couple of races, and that's it. And he since then he's had a few. I mean he was way ahead of everybody, but I mean you know the thing about it is is that Arbolino had a great opportunity this weekend and blew it. Mm -hmm. Right, he didn't get it. He blew it. He wrecked. So Kinnett made up some points. Kinnett made it. Well, Kinnett's in, Kinnett's in second place, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like only, only like six points behind, I think. Yeah. And Kinnett's so, doing a lot better than Vietti. So if I was Vietti, I'd be, you know, I, I'd be worried at this point. He's not going to be Roberts able to coast into was it. Is in the top five. Which he's, is, that's, a, that's impressive, you know, an American well, in the one, top five. One win does, only, 
gives you a lot of points, <laughs> does, especially when right. half the field, half the field got a zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, take it when you, that's however right. you exactly. Can. However you can, you're absolutely right. So, but anyway, so yeah, Vietti, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe it just wasn't real. What we saw in the beginning of the season, maybe they were a little ahead of the other manufacturers on the, in the well teams on the setup in the bike setup. And then the other teams caught up and suddenly it's like, Oh, we're no longer special. Right. <laughs> That's what it looks like. And he's had, he he's had some horrible races. He's had some get off. So I don't know. He would definitely not be at the top of my list for picking right now. No. And, and I think Phil actually, Phil tends to, I don't know if to Phil pecked him this week or not, but Phil tends to like to pick Vietti. And it's like, I don't know how much longer he's going to ride that train right into the Shenandoah river. Right. <laughs> one, hey, the one time I picked him, he got a zero. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> and then let's see, I think we've, we've beaten that horse. Um, so uh, then we had MotoGP site of Ken's second zero. And I picked the right guy in the race. I just didn't pick the race to end soon enough. That was the problem. <laughs> I picked Bagnaya. Bagnaya was by far the fastest guy out there, even his teammate, uh, um, who was keeping with him for a while, couldn't keep up with him. But, you know, as Phil likes to say, you're always fastest just before you wreck. And he and did. And he proved it. And he did. And the, and, and, the, and the thing was, right behind his teammate was the shark, right? Like, I'd say cue the shark music, right? The Jaws music. Yeah, Bastianini is, he's the guy, right now, if I had to pick someone to win the championship today, I, I think I would pick Bastianini today because he's always in yeah, it and I he's would fast. Do. Yeah. He Which in the beginning of the season, the top every in race. the beginning of the season, um, I picked Bagnaya and thought it was going to be a Bagnaya Quattararo um, before the season, a Bagnaya Quattararo championship competition. But now I don't think so, so much is that Bastianini's not making the mistakes. And that's the key. That's the key to winning a championship. He's not making the mistakes. Bagnaya is making the mistakes. Quateraro is just suffering on the Yamaha. It's not that he's doing anything wrong. He's doing, he's doing, I will say one thing for to Quateraro's benefit is he's having to push twice as hard as anybody else, which is a recipe for disaster, right? Mm -hmm. He's got to ride on the edge all the time. And as Mark Marquez will tell you, riding on the edge all the time usually ends up with you being off the bike. And he's probably, and Marquez is probably one of the people that gets away with that more often than most, but Quattro doesn't do that. He seems like he can take it to the edge and, and he doesn't make the mistakes in the race, but he just does not have a fast enough steed under him. You know? Yeah. I think that's a, quite a bit of is that Yamaha just, just doesn't have what it needs to get past the Ducatis. You know what surprises me, even though they, he did maybe, pass the Pamarack. Well, I was going to say it surprised me. Maybe it doesn't, but if you remember the one thing that Quattro said after he won the championship last year was that, Yamaha has got to do some things to bridge the gap between, you know, the Honda, which, you know, is not that fast this season. Um, Suzuki, which definitely had picked up and, and Ducati, which is the challenge, right? And they mm -hmm. all make up for it. And the Yamaha is, in my opinion, is the best handling bike, but it's also the slowest bike, right? So what yeah, even, even the Aprilia is, is, seems to be faster. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, because yeah. with a couple of times they came out, you know, relatively close in that last corner before the stretch, 
the Aprilia, Aprilia seemed to pull away each time. Well, is isn't it wasn't Aprilia, like the Ducati pulling away, but yeah, it did look it, like he was pulling away. Isn't a Spargo like in second place in the champion, second or third? Oh no, no, because he had he had one bad race. He may be fourth. Now I think about it, I don't have it in front of me. Um, but uh, I mean, it to me it seems like it's going to come down to a Bastianini Quattararo championships. What I'm saying, and I haven't written off Quattararo. But I would still have to favor Bastianini, yep. I think, at this point. I, I just because, just be, if for no other reason, then um, repeating in MotoGP is very, very difficult. There are not that many people that have done that, um, which I think that puts Quattro at a bit of a disadvantage. The, the, the Yamaha is far better handling than the, than the Ducati, but the Ducati's just got just leaps and bounds of straight coming, you know, straight coming out speed. of the turns coming out it, of the it turns has the ability just to pull away from everybody yeah yeah and you know and you look at some of the other main and you look at suzuki this weekend suzuki had a bad weekend too right well they dnf but they weren't doing that bad actually in the race they weren't doing that bad but mirror mirror looked pretty good rins looked pretty good i think then, they i think they gave suzuki more power and the problem is, is the Suzuki's not handling it coming out of corners very well, the application of the power. And that's where most riders run into problems is getting on the throttle too early, coming out of a corner before the bike's fully stood up. And that creates problems. Uh, and a lot or of times... Or you drive 200 miles an hour through the gravel. Or you do 200 miles an hour through the gravel, yeah. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. But, hey, he kept it upright. He didn't... Re- fall over till he got back on the pavement in front of it, yeah, all the other right, bikes <laughs> right yeah and then, then his tire then his rear tire hit the uh, asphalt and then he said okay you can get off now so yeah i thought sure he was gonna get run over there for a second it was i didn't think he when he ran off into the gravel and we're talking we're talking about rins when he ran yeah. out in the gravel we we um me i thought he's not gonna be able to stop it he can't apply his brakes really he, you can't break in the gravel that's you're gonna be tumbling if you do yep. that right especially if you even touch the front brakes yeah if you touch the front brakes it's all over with um so i he's going to go in there i said is he gonna be able to stop this i didn't realize that he had there was a runoff for the um um not what do they call it the long lap penalty he was able to catch the entrance to the long lap penalty um but then then once he he got onto the tarmac then it was like hey, yeah. that's it but you're right. He, that's a hell of a job that he did going onto the gravel. You know, by staying upright on the gravel, I should say. But anyway, so Bagnaya, on the other hand, had the race well in control and just screwed the pooch. Basically, well, that was this. And there, I even read an article what he's talking about. He, said, he does not understand why he wrecked. Now that's but he says I don't understand what caused me to go down. So I've looked at the video. I you know what? The bike, it's that I damn geometry. Geometry will always get you. <laughs> he, well, I had that same problem in high school. Geometry. <laughs> he was like, I don't know why I went down. Well, does he remember what was happening? Did he lose the back end? Did he lose the front end? Well, um, the commentator said it was the front end, but if you watch yeah. the slow motion, it didn't really look like it. Just like no. he just the bike just kind of floated away. Yeah, I think the the front end might have folded on him, and the back end kicked out at that point when the front end folded. But I don't know. Um, he, I don't know. He was. 
what do you, how do you say this? I think he was pushing too hard because he was afraid Bastianini was coming. And oh, that's he was definitely yeah. pushing hard. Yeah. He's and I think, hard. and I think he was pushing, I think he was pushing too hard. And I think he just, you know, when you do that, you know, you're, when you're riding on the edge, eventually you step over it. So I don't know. I don't know. But that was, uh, um, that was a great opportunity for Bagnaya and he blew it. Yeah. So, and Marquez, anyway. I think, I think he finished better than he thought he was going to. In fact, he did say he fin- he thought he was going to finish ninth, but yep. you know, having three leaders crash out in front of you moves him up to yep. sixth place. So yep. that's nice. But uh, I don't know that Honda, because I think uh, you know, Pole was also say- has said that you know this bike is temperamental. It is very temperamental. Yeah, I don't I don't know what has happened with Honda, and it's all been in the time that Marquez has been out injured. And I wonder if Honda is completely dependent on Marquez having a full healthy preseason in order to get the bike get the ready bike for the ready. season. Yeah. Because by the be. time Marquez got on the bike this year, it was literally, literally 10 days before the season started. Mm-hmm. You know, he had been on a dirt bike. He had actually been on a, on a super bike, a Honda super bike. But he had not been on the MotoGP bike till ten days before, which means they had no development time. And you know who's their del- their development rider? Nakagami, I think, is the development rider for Honda. Um, I think they're hurt not having him in the preseason, and they haven't had him. In a- it's been three years since they've had him available to for the, you know, the entire bike. cycle. No, I think cycle they, they, I don't events. think they can prepare the bike without him on it. And I think, I think. Um, I think during the season it becomes difficult because you bleed so many points. Mm-hmm. But well, but they had pole yeah. the whole time, and pole's not doing that well. At yeah, all. but I don't think pole helps you. See, there's certain right. Casey Stoner was one of those guys, um, you know, that are really good at helping you develop the bike, right? And I don't think that Paul Spargo is very good at that because he's been there available to them in the preseason, the time that Marquez has been out. And I haven't seen the Honda improve, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Well, you want to move on to moto, motocross for a little bit? Because it's coming up soon. Yeah, motocross is starting up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there have been some seat swapping going on. So, uh, Shane McElrath, is, who wasn't, ha- didn't have a ride going into the season, at least has one at the start of the season with Husqvarna because of Dean Wilson's injury. Uh, did they say how long Dean Wilson? Did they say how long Dean Wilson is supposed to be out? I think I said about three weeks ago. I saw a video from him, and he still had another surgery going to go. Oh, so it could be he could be out a while. Yeah, because from what you know, everything he ripped himself a new hind end, literally. Yeah, oh, literally. Yeah, he has, he yeah literally he did. End. You're right. Yeah. So it's, it must have been pretty bad because uh, yeah, his voice went up two octaves after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the uh, seats. Joey I, I was, I, when, you, when you told me that, I was actually surprised that Macareth didn't have a seat on I was going too. in the motocross. But, yeah. And then you mentioned Savachi too to me. And I said, yeah, Savachi is, is going to You know, the thing about it is, is I, I, I look at those two guys and I have to say, you know, usually on the doghouse, we're pretty good about predicting people that are going to be standouts. Um, 
from watching them race in the in the 250s. And I would have to say that we completely missed the boat on both Savachi and McElrath. Uh, McElrath better. I think we did better on McElrath than Savachi's been a, a major disappointment. Yes, he has. But Savachi's going where? Whose seat is he taking? He's taking Adam C. and Cirillo's because C.S. Rillo's you got a knee injury. <laughs> it's Adam. From, that's the one thing you could say about Adam C. and Cirillo all so the time. Quite, yeah. He's only between injuries. Yeah. So it's quite possible Savachi could uh, be on the 450 Kawasaki for a while. Well, you know what? I, 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 I got to say, he probably would have a better opportunity of riding uh, than Adam C. and Sorello seems to have had, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, riding versus, you know, picking yourself up off the dirt, which seems to be Adam C. and Sorello's specialty. Um, and then any, Jerry- any other big news? Well, we know we're going to, we're going to see, um, we're going to see Ryan, right? We're going to see Ryan's going to come back, Dungey. Yeah. For a couple races. Yeah. I don't know which ones, but he's going to be out there for a few. I think it's extremely risky. What do you think? I don't think he should do it. It's well, if he comes in and he completely flops in those two races, does, hasn't he really tarnished his legend? Yes. And if he wins, then it's going to make it difficult for somebody else to come in and take the place. Let's. Let, let's say he does. Let's say he wins both those races. Isn't it going to be hard for him not to take a ride? Because a ride will be available to him, I'm sure. I'm sure. Somebody will get fired just to make room for him. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of people there that, that they could do it. But, I mean, uh, you know, to me, it's it's a lose-lose proposition for Ryan Dungey, right? Yeah. Unless he's getting a whole bunch, a whole ton, you know, truckload of money. To, I mean, just to do these, you know, and I'm gonna put air quotes here, guys. Expedition rides. You know, he's 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 a multi champion, and I think that he probably does not need the money. He probably, from an endorsement standpoint, or an ambassadorship for a brand or something like that. Oh, he's, he could make all the money he needs. He he already is that with KTM. Isn't exactly. He? Yeah, with KTM, he is. He's already a brand yeah. ambassador for KTM. So, I mean, he could get all the, you know, he could do all the endorsement deals he wanted and probably, you know, make more money than he made in Supercross. So he got really got busy with it. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of weird for me that he's coming back to the outdoor season. If he was going to come back and do, you know, like a, a little bit of, um, you know, trial and error type stuff. Um, I would have thought he would have done the Supercross side rather than the outdoor, outdoor side. Um, that's where he had the most of his success. Although he did great in the oh, motocross you know, too. He, I mean, yeah, he did in super in supercross. He had most of his success, yeah. right? He 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 did do. He's won championships on both on both sides. Yeah, but supercross, he was. I, I think he was a, a better supercross. That's what he's known. That's what people know him best. For. Yes, and so um, you know, the other side of it might be that um, you know these the ability to get those rides maybe didn't show up in time to be able to do the supercross to do any races mm-hmm. in supercross. So, well, I don't know, you know, speaking of that, just on May the 10th, and I didn't see this till today. Uh, Jeremy Martin, he didn't have a ride and now he's r- going to ride for the muck off FXR club MX. That's just really weird. It's really weird to me that Jeremy Martin didn't have a ride. It's yeah, just strange. And now he's, and now he's on a, you know, I don't even think muck off club MX is even considered a, uh, satellite i think they're just a straight up 
Yeah, you know, there may be like a double satellite. But why would Jeremy Martin need to find a ride? This is a guy that's been competitive the whole time he's been. Yeah, rookie of the year, 25 yeah. wins, 45 yeah. podiums. Yeah. So why would he not have a seat? I guess this is a what have you done for me lately type thing. That's always what it is in racing, isn't it? I don't care what event, what type of racing. You know, have you won today? Yep. Yep. Anyway. And the last thing I have is this the 50th anniversary season of motocross. Really? Yep. And Mav TV, Motorsports, and NBC are going to be covering them again this year. I'm surprised it's only 50 years. Well, I think maybe it's 50 years of AMA motocross or something like that. No, it was AMA before. So I don't know. Maybe... um... They might, this series might have been called something else before yeah. that, because they they had like um, they they there were a number of others, you know, um, a number of other series that kind of died out later on. So maybe when the official AMA Motocross League took over, took over it was fifty years ago, because I would have said it probably at least seventy years ago. But anyway. Well, I hear music, which means I hear music too. Bill was floating away. I can away. barely hear music, barely, barely. Phil mm-hmm. was floating. This is the music we play as Phil floats down the Shenandoah, face first as fish nibble at his come, toes. Come back, Phil. Even if you're, Just, even if, even if you rolled up, even your belly up and you're, and you're, you're bloated and all that. Oh, he always does. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we will be back next week, and hopefully we will have found Phil, and we will have revived him. If we find him, he'll, or he'll be a zombie. He has a life Maybe he'll be a zombie. I know zombie he likes Phil. zombie stuff. Zombie Phil. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll catch you next week.